We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast. The Chicago Bears are off of their bye week, and they return to action this Sunday. Action against the a team. That was pretty much embarrassed on Thursday night football in Miami. Chicago's three and six. And, uh, you know, with the, the second half of the season coming on, there be some interesting storylines to talk about. We're going to get into all that um, on this episode. Before we do, though, let me welcome in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, missed it last week, but the bye week's finally over. Um, how did you enjoy your bye week? Well, I enjoy my bye week by going back to California and baking to death. Um, but it was, man, it was just nice to... Like it sounds bad, but it was just kind of nice to be able to kind of reset mentally refresh a little bit just from, you know, it's been, it's been a weird season. You know, I think it's just one of those, like, it, depending on who you are, you had certain expectations coming in and, you know, even the stuff with Justin Fields and just how bad of a situation it's been. And then kind of talking about the, you know, the frustrations of the coaching staff and, you know, whether they're going to, you know, kind of pull the plug on everything when it's all said and done at the end of the season, it was just kind of nice to reset. And it was also interesting. And I'm sure you probably did a little bit of the same thing, kind of going back and not going back, but just kind of watching other games around the league, right? You know, the bears didn't play this week. So you, you could basically catch Thursday night game. You could catch, you know, multiple games at the, the noon slot and then multiple games at the three o'clock slot. And then obviously Sunday night football, and Monday night football last night, uh, the one conclusion that I continue to draw from the season, and I'm, I'm assuming you probably feel the same way. I'm assuming most people feel the same way. I don't know that there's one really, really good team in the NFL right now. There's so much inconsistency. Like you pointed out, like, you know, the Ravens were one of those teams. I actually almost took them last week as my survivor pick, and I'm glad I didn't. I ended up going with the Bills because I still have the Bills. And you know, like you pointed out, they lose 22 to 10. And I mean, they just, their offense got completely embarrassed by a Miami Dolphins team who's been pretty bad all year. And they come out and they just have the right game plan. And they dominate. And we saw the same thing the week before with the Jacksonville Jaguars beating the Buffalo Bills nine to six. And 
again, I just like the one conclusion that I've really drawn from the season is, I mean, even the same thing with Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay comes out and, you know, they get beat up by Washington and they lose the game. It's just, there's so much inconsistency within the league right now where it's kind of unfortunate in some ways that the bears are three and six and, you know, they're, I mean, by tiebreakers are actually 15 out of 16 in the NFC right now. The only team, you know, behind them is the, the winless Detroit lions, but you know, it's just, it's very interesting to watch the rest of the league and see how Jekyll and Hyde a lot of these teams are. I mean, there are some good teams. I'm not saying that, but I don't know if there if there's that one dominant elite team moving into the middle to the end of November where you can look at it and be like, yeah, that's the Super Bowl contender. That's the team that's going to win the NFC. That's a team that's going to win the AFC. There's just not really that team right now. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I kind of came away with that same conclusion. Um, you know, watching, we were talking about this before we got on the air here. It was kind of nice because the Bears didn't play on Sunday in, in week nine. They played on Monday night. So you had that Sunday to kind of watch all the games. And then you had this bye week to kind of watch everything. And my poor soul stuck it out and watched the end of the, um, uh, you know, pretty much the whole fourth quarter and overtime of the, of the crap fest that was the Detroit Lions and Pittsburgh Steelers. And I am shocked when I tell you that they actually made a couple calls against Pittsburgh at Heinz field. I honestly did not think that was allowed and they were terrible calls too. I think like the roughing the passer was pretty bad. There was like a pass interference or a holding that was pretty bad, but I'm with you, man. Like I look at it and you look around the league and, and probably if, if you're due to power rankings right now, it'd probably be Tennessee, um, green Bay, you know, Dallas, Buffalo, um, you know, maybe Kansas city in your top five or in and around there. Um, there's just no clear cut favor. And even if you look at Tennessee, it's like, they have some impressive wins. They, they beat Buffalo, they beat Kansas city. Um, and then they, but they have some kind of terrible losses too. I think they lost to the jets. Um, they barely held off, you know, the saints, the saints probably should have won that game if they played a little better. And then you look at the NFC and it's like, okay, the most complete team. And, you know, I hate to say it, but it might just be green Bay. Cause you look at how they played on Sunday. Aaron Rodgers didn't play that well on Sunday against the Seahawks. That defense is really damn good and picked off Russell Wilson three times. And Rodgers didn't even have a great game and they were still able to, to beat a Seattle team. Now, granted, Russell Wilson has a horrendous track record at Lambeau going back to Wisconsin, but it was a dominating performance from the Packers. And then you look Dallas really damn good. They look like, but their defense, can they stop a, a you know, a team, an offense in the playoffs? I think they have the offense to, to win a shootout, but are they going to be able to stop teams? And then you look at like someone like Kansas city and Buffalo who have some nice wins, but they also have some bad losses. So I just, I don't know where we stand. And you know, there's a lot of parody. And I was talking to this, I was talking to someone about this the other day. It's kind of a shame because if the bears could just figure out their stuff and, you know, have a legit offense and their defense plays, you know, back to what we've seen, they might be in the running here for, you know, a playoff spot. I guess they kind of still are at three and six, but like you said, they're tied um, for 15th with the tiebreakers. And you really don't want to be in that seven seed area because you're going to be facing number two and you're going to be facing number one. If you win, you're going to be on the road the entire time. It's just, it's kind of a shame. The bears haven't really been able to figure it out, but I also, as a fan, as an NFL fan, I like the parody, man. I think we could go into these playoffs. Now, granted, they always say, you know, around Thanksgiving, a team 
kind of hits their stride and kind of takes off. We'll see one to two, maybe, you know, three or four teams do that, but we could be going into January's playoffs with a wide open um, Super Bowl in, in both conferences being wide open. And I think that's just kind of a lot of fun, especially if you're a fan of a team that's likely not going to be in it at the end. Well, and it's funny because you name, you know, Tennessee and the AFC is kind of the top team and it's like they lost their best player, you know, and they really haven't looked well, I guess, I mean, they, they handled the Rams pretty well, but they didn't really look that good this last week. And I mean, speaking of the Rams, what the hell happened to the Rams? It's like, they got this all-star crew around them. You know, they, they make oh, all God. these moves. They go out and they sign Von Miller. They go out and they're sorry, trade for Von Miller. Yeah. They, they sign Odell Beckham jr. And they've lost, not even just lost two games in a row have been thoroughly outclassed and dominated two games in a row. One by the Titans. Okay, fine but another by the 49, like what in the hell? It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Really. I mean, if there's one team, especially in the NFC that I think is probably, and I mean, probably is the best team. And I hate to say this, it's the Packers. I mean, dude, yep. that's the thing is like, people want to discredit, you know, and, and rightfully so, because, you know, you're Bears fans, you don't want to give Packers, you know, any credit. I get that. But it's like, people want to discredit the Packers, but look at the two games that they've lost this year. I mean, one of them was that fluke blowout in week one. And the other game was they barely lost, you know, six points to the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like with a backup know, quarterback. They were yeah, exactly. They're a really good team. They're a really good team. And I think, you know, kind of like you pointed out, what shocked me the most, do their defense is really, really good. I mean, there's just, the fact that they allowed, uh, you know, Seattle so many times to get close to scoring position and were able to, you know, get that timely interception, you know, get that timely sack, whatever it may be, uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I don't, as much as I think they are the best team in the NFC, though, I, I think there's still a lot of room where, you know, Arizona is another interesting one where it's kind of hard to get a gauge on them because, you know, they lose to the Packers at, you know, at full strength, um, you know, and, and, and the Packers have the, you know, the issues that they have, and then they come out and, you know, they've lost, you know, they, they've lost basically, well, it was a two out of the last three games. And, you know, obviously Kyler, Kyler Murray's out, DeAndre Hopkins is out. Like I said, the Rams are in a really weird spot. I mean, there's just a lot of weird stuff going on. I mean, Tampa Bay, again, Tampa Bay has been really inconsistent. Although the thing is with Tampa Bay, man, it's like, you got Tom Brady, you got that roster, I mean, really their biggest issue right now is their defense. Their defense is so ridiculously unhealthy, especially in the secondary. It's just, it's mind blowing. Anytime they get somebody back like Richard Sherman, they got, they finally get Richard Sherman back and all of a sudden he hurts himself in warmups and he's out a few weeks. You know, it's just, there's just a lot of questions and the same thing in the AFC. I mean, who are the Kansas City Chiefs at this point? I mean, have they finally figured it out? Are they back? Uh, you know, we'll just have to see. And then, you know, the, and I don't know, there's just the NFC North or the, sorry, the AFC North is really weird. I mean, I don't know what, you know, my girlfriend's a big Browns fan. So I watch a decent amount of the Browns game. I don't know what the hell is going on with the Browns, man. They're five and five. And it seems like they're Jekyll and Hyde from week to week. They blow out. What was it? Cincinnati last week. And then this, this past week they come in and they get blown out, uh, you know, by the, by the new England Patriots. So it's just, it's definitely, it's an interesting year. And like you said, I, I like it too. I like the parody. I like the fact that we can sit here and we're not expecting Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady in the Super Bowl right now. And obviously that could happen. I mean, I think both of those teams will end up being in the playoffs, but it's not one of those foregone conclusions. Like no team has really run away with anything yet, but like you pointed out too, this is also the time of year we saw it the same, you know, saw the same thing with the bears back in 2018. This is about the time of year where teams start figuring it out and they start really going on those runs. So 
it'll be interesting to see how things play out. I mean, the Bears are in a weird spot too. I mean, obviously this is a Bears podcast and I guess we should probably talk about them. They're in a weird spot too because yes, they're three and six. Yes, they have a terrible conference record and no, I'm not expecting this to happen, but they play four, they play two games in, in what, four or five days. I mean, they have one on Sunday and then they have one on Thursday. It's like they could very easily go if everything went right for them, they could very easily go from three to six to five and six and be right back in the mix. Because I mean, if you look at that seven seed, you know, it, I, I would guess if I had, to, if I had to put money down on it right now, I think that seven seed is probably going to be an eight win team. So, Oh, absolutely. In that situation, if the bears were to go five and six, all of a sudden you got some winnable games, you know, blah, blah, blah. Again, I'm not expecting it to happen, but that just kind of goes to show you even for as bad as the bears have been so far, even if they rattle off two wins in four days, they're right back in it too. So it's just, I don't know, man, this is, it's been a really weird year, but at least for me, I, I, I think, you know, my focus is still the same. Like I just want to see development from the younger guys on the roster. You know, they're starting to get some guys back. It's going to be very interesting to see how this all shakes out over the next eight games. It's also going to be very interesting to see how much this team fights for Matt Nagy and how much fight this team has left and you know how can they get any better I mean I guess that's really the big question right now can they get any better because even if the offense improves I mean the defense has been terrible the last few weeks yeah and you know those are all great points and before we kind of get into our bear stuff here I gotta throw a stat at you I heard this today and it's kind of in relation to what happened um, with the Rams and it, it didn't happen last night they did lose did you know Matt Stafford is like nine and 69 against teams with winning record in his career? That is insane. So when he goes up against a team that's over 500 in his career, he's like nine and 69. That is, that was just mind blowing to me. And I know he's been on some really bad Detroit lions teams, but there's been years where, I mean, they've been in the playoffs. I think they went to the playoffs what twice, two, three times. Um, I think he's been there three times three overall. Times. And they haven't won a game. No, they haven't won a game in the playoffs. It's just I, I, I've heard that stat a long time ago. I want to say, but it was just kind of mind blowing to me, man. And I think you know, I, I think the Rams will be fine because I do think you have to look at it's going to take some time for for Beckham to to get going. He was literally signed what Friday, and you're gonna it's gonna take some time for Von Miller to get going. I think what it's really going to come down to is who's going to get that number one seed in the NFC, because it's very, very tough to go into green Bay and win Tampa Bay did it last year um, in the NFC championship game, but it was, it was a fight to the end. And we saw a solid Rams team last year. Now granted Jared Goff isn't, you know, very good, but they looked helpless against the Packers um, on the road. So yeah, I think it's going to be a fun, you know, um, final couple months here. Um, to close out the season and we'll have to keep an eye on what the bears do too, because you said it, man. I mean, looking back at this, the San Francisco game, they had a lead in the, the, the Pittsburgh game. They're right there at the end with them. If they win those games, man, we're looking at a team that's what five and four right now or what? Yeah. Five and four coming out of their bye week um, w- you know, with a Ravens team that Miami kind of gave you that blueprint. You blitz Lamar Jackson, force him to make quick throws and not let him get out of the pocket and you get a shot to win that game. And then you have a Lions team who's still searching for their first win. So it's kind of disappointing that the Bears couldn't get it done. But I, I think the rest of the way for Chicago, they'll stick kind of around that, you know, in the hunt graphic. Um, they'll always be like one or two games back, but they have a very tough schedule. And for me, I want to see, like you said, does this team get better? Does the offense take some steps 
in making progress because what we saw against Pittsburgh in the second half, really that last drive in the first half, and then the second half, what we saw was an offense that was taking shots down the field. They were in rhythm. When's the last time we've seen a Bears offense look like that under Matt Nagy? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, and that's kind of the thing, though. I mean, like, the the two times that they've had success offensively, they've taken shots down the field. I, that's what I don't understand is why they can't consistently do that. Because, like, yeah, like you said, I mean, they look like a completely different offense in the second half of the game. Why can't they do that every single week? Why that is Justin Fields' game? I don't understand why you know why it doesn't consistently happen. I think the reason we didn't see it before, not to you know beat a dead horse here, but is you know Trubisky was terrible downfield. I mean, there's just no way around that. Like he is not a good deep ball thrower. He was always he was even you know somewhat inconsistent with that uh in college as well so i think that's why we didn't really see it before but now you have a quarterback who can do that you have a quarterback who is what second first or second air yards and in, in total air yards this season it's like throw the ball deep challenge secondaries figure it out because as we've seen then obviously fields has got to kind of dial things in a little bit but you know as you throw the ball deep more he's going to figure it out and that's going to be the blueprint of the offense and how things are going to get back on track so yeah i i think that and obviously some of that's offensive line dependent as well, but I think a lot of it's just play calling dependent at this point. And it's kind of a shame too, because the bears have a solid run game to kind of set up that play action in those deep throws. And I think they did a really good job in that second half, getting David Montgomery going, you know, Khalil Herbert only had a couple touches in the game. They kind of relied on Montgomery and they were taking those deep shots. It was just, it was just a mixture of, you know, run and, deep throws and kind of mixing in some more short throws and it worked out and they were right there in that game probably should have won that game and, and fields led two impressive drives and we heard Matt Nagy talk about it he made an incredible throw to Jimmy Graham the, the, the throw to Allen Robinson was really good because of the checks he made at the line of scrimmage and you know that's kind of if you're a good quarterback and you see a receiver streaking that open it's kind of a pitch and catch but the throw he made to Jimmy Graham man was just on the money only where Graham could get to it no defenders could get to it that's a positive sign moving you know, forward for those rookies development in other bears news that kind of relates to Justin Fields. He might get a boost on his offensive line because the biggest news out coming out of the bye on Monday, Matt Nagy said, Tevin Jenkins, they've activated the 21 day window and they've started it to activate him um, to, to return. And he practiced on Monday. Now we didn't get to see him out there as media. We only have to see the stretching and um, not much else. No shocker there. 
But Juan Castillo kind of revealed the Bears' plans for Tevin Jenkins, and he flat out told us, we worked him at left tackle on Monday. He's going to split some time at left tackle and right tackle in practices, which to me tells me he'll line up with, you know, the second team at left tackle and then maybe line up with the first team at right tackle, see what they, what they kind of want to do. But they also really like Larry Borum. So for me, my plan would be I would kind of work in Tevin Jenkins at left tackle and then keep Larry Borum at right tackle. I would move – um, Cody Whitehair or Sam or uh, Cody Whitehair or James Daniels, the center, and then kind of slot in another guard. Cause I think if you look at this offensive line, man, the weak link right now is Sam Mustafer. I, I don't think Whitehair and Daniels have had fantastic years by any means. They haven't had bad years though. They've been fine. They've been good enough that you can keep them on your line and still win with them. I just look and you look at Sam Mustafer, man, he's just getting blown up play after play after play. And it's unfortunate because he was a guy, a lot of us were high on to take that next step. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be interesting because the other, you know, obviously with Jenkins coming back, they're going to take their time with him. This isn't going to be a Larry Borm situation. This isn't going to be some of these other guys that they pulled off of IR, even maybe a Dion Bush situation where, you know, they're going to bring it, you know, he's going to, he's going to enter that 21 day window. And then all of a sudden he's going to be active and starting or playing on Sunday. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think, and this is kind of something to keep in mind is, you know, Tevin Jenkins hasn't done anything really football related since back in June when they broke, you know, right before they went into camp. So it's going to take a little bit. This isn't Larry Borum who got the majority of the way through training camp and preseason and into week one before he got hurt. I mean, this is a very different situation. This is also a back injury. This isn't a high ankle sprain or anything else. So the bears are going to be careful and they're going to be smart. And I think it says a little bit too, that, you know, they could have very easily have opened that window for him in week nine and they could have used the buy and then this week. And, you know, so I think it says a little bit that, Hey, they're going to take their time because the reality of, of this is, you know, they have eight games left, right? So you get through this week and you get through maybe next week. And even then you still have six games left to kind of get an idea of who, you know, who Tevin Jenkins is. And I think they also need to figure out, what are they going to do with this offensive line? Because it's not only Tevin Jenkins that's coming back. At some point in time, uh, Jermaine Effetti is going to come back. And obviously, you know, from what we saw from Effetti, you know, and we kind of saw the same thing last year. I mean, he's a good swing tackle. He's a good swing offensive lineman. You can play him basically at any position on the offensive line, maybe not center, but anywhere else. And, you know, you get what you get from him. But it's going to be, it's just, I'm very curious to see how they're going to handle the situation because realistically, Jason Peters has been their best offensive lineman and their most consistent offensive lineman, but he's 39 years old. I mean, he's probably, he's very more than more than likely. He's not going to be a guy that is going to be on the bears roster next year. It wouldn't honestly shock me if he ends up retiring. So you know, again, it's kind of a balance, though, between saying, okay, we want to plan for our future and we want to get a good look at, you know, what Borum can do, whether that's left tackle, right tackle, or, you know, on the interior. And then the same thing with Tevin Jenkins. Now, I think it's worth kind of mentioning here that Brad Biggs has said for a few weeks now, one, he's basically, you know, he's been kind of hinting at Jenkins coming back, but he's saying when Jenkins comes back, they're probably going to slide him inside. And I don't know that I particularly like that move just because, you know, at least if you go back and you look, you know, the pre-draft process, 
Tevin Jenkins was viewed as a tackle. He was viewed as a right tackle, but he's still viewed as a tackle. Larry Borum, by most team standards and, you know, most draft analyst standards, was viewed as a guard. And that's not a slam on him because he's played pretty dang well at right tackle against two pretty dang good, uh, you know, edge rushers. But it's kind of one of those situations where you have to kind of balance. It's like, to me, I think that Tevin Jenkins has a better chance of hanging out at tackle than a guy like Larry Borum does. But if you feel confident in both of them, then you face a situation where do you, do you want to move your best performing offensive lineman that has no future with his team outside of this year inside the left guard. And that's another situation that they're going to have to kind of figure out. And then again, if they want to do that, if they want to move him inside the left guard, then do you want Cody Whitehair at center or do you want James Daniels at center? Because Cody Whitehair is under contract. James Daniels is not. Daniels has been pretty solid this year. I think he's one of those guys, if you can get for a good deal this offseason, I think you can re-sign him and, you know, you go add another interior lineman and call it a day. But again, there's a lot of moving parts where I understand not wanting to move your best performing offensive lineman, but at the same time, you know, you also have to weigh that with the fact that you still need to be able to evaluate a guy like Tevin Jenkins. You still need to be able to evaluate a guy like Larry Borum moving into the off season to figure out what exactly do you need? Do you need to sign or draft an, another tackle? You know, what, what's because you're going to have to make at least one move on the offensive line, if not two, depending on what happens with James Daniels. So it's, I don't know. I, I don't know that there's a right answer to it. Uh, I know everybody has very differing opinions, some very strong opinions on what should happen. Some people just think that Tevin Jenkins should basically you know, get done with the 21 day window, you know, be activated and then be a reserve until somebody gets hurt. And I guess that's the other factor of this too, is if one guy goes down, then I guess that kind of makes a decision for you. But I just, I don't know. I'm a, I'm in the camp of, especially with, you know, six, seven games left, you play Tevin Jenkins, you figure out what he's got, where, you know, where you want to slot him out is where you want to play him. And you figure out what you've gotten. The same thing with Larry Borum. Larry Borum has shown more than enough, at least in my opinion, over the last two weeks to warrant continuing to be in the starting lineup. And while that may not be the most ideal thing in the world, because that means you're probably going to have to displace somebody. It's also something that simply needs to be done. And you just have to trust in your development plan with fields. And you have to trust in your talent evaluation of both Borum and Jenkins that if you put those guys in that you're not going to see a big drop off and hurt everything else around you get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of Tom Brady a Netflix live event happening May 5th hosted by Kevin Hart the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, and that's the thing, too. This could get out of hand for the Bears here where they lose, you know, like on Sunday to Baltimore and maybe they beat the Lions. They lose, you know, two straight after that or, you know, whatever, and they get out of the playoff race. Then it's time to start looking at your rookies and the talent, you know, maybe you take a couple guys off the practice squad, see what they can do. But for the bears, I feel like they don't want to do that. until they're absolutely mathematically eliminated from the playoffs because I've said it multiple times. They really believe they can make a run at the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs at Hallis Hall. I don't understand it. I, I, I don't agree with it, but that's just how they think there. And 
you have to look at if you're Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, why not take the chance and see what you got in, in the rookie and, you know, maybe see what you got in a couple other rookies and, and play them to kind of show ownership. Hey, we kind of have a plan here. We have Justin Fields. He's taken off. He's, he's played really well and he's made progress. We also have Tevin Jenkins as our cornerstone tackle on this offensive line. Cause that's what you drafted him to be. This is how, you know, our plan let us come back another year or two and, and finish it off. I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with you. I think they should play these rookies and see what they got. I just don't know if they will. And that's kind of frustrating because it's kind of been the mindset um, all season long, but nonetheless, though, I agree with, it's probably going to be a couple of weeks for um, Jenkins. I can't imagine he'll be active at all for this week's game. Like you said, it's, it's back surgery. It's not, you know, anything where you, like an arm or a leg where you can come back and he's ready out there and listening to Juan Castillo on Monday, it was kind of interesting talking about how they're working on his stance a little bit and how he gets off the ball. Cause they don't want him to have kind of a hitch um, when he, the, the ball is snapped, because if you get that hitch, defenders are going to go right by you and you're going to get burned bad. So they got to kind of make sure his technique and everything is up to speed. And this could take a couple of weeks. So honestly, I wouldn't expect to see him until what would it be week 13 after that Lions game? Um, I forgot who they even play, but you know, Arizona. So after that game, maybe we can kind of see him back out in the field or, or active getting into this game this week though, Aaron, this is a tough one. Lamar Jackson, been really damn good at times, but also had his struggles last week against Miami. I don't know how the Bears are going to slow him down. And if, and if um, Cleo Mack's not playing and Eddie Jackson's not playing, which all signs point to them not playing on Sunday and, and Akeem Hicks is out, this one could get ugly again for the Bears defense, especially with a mobile quarterback. It's going to be – it was a tough matchup even if the Bears were relatively healthy. I mean, that's kind of just – it's – dude, the Ravens are a good team, man. Like, And I know everybody wants to hang on the game, you know, the week prior or whatever they've watched because I'm sure not a lot of – you know, not a lot of Bears fans. There's no real incentive to. Like, why would – why have you watched or why would you have watched a lot of Ravens games? I mean, it's just they're in the AFC – it, they played a lot the same time as the Bears. I get why you wouldn't unless you're just a big Lamar Jackson fan, which is also completely acceptable. He's a really good quarterback. But, yeah, I just – you know, you look at the Ravens. Um, they look to be, you know, the best team in the AFC North right now. And, you know, it's just one of those games. It was kind of interesting. that You know, there was a stat that I saw today. This will be the ninth time in the Matt Nagy era that the Bears have been six-point underdogs or more, six or more-point underdogs they're 0-8 in those games. So, you know, and then you look at – there was another stat that I thought was kind of interesting, which was Lamar Jackson, uh, his, the Bears will be the, the 28th team that he's faced in his, in his career so far. He's 25-2 and in those 27 games facing a team for the first time. The only two losses that he's had was Kansas City and then the Tennessee Titans. So there's a lot of things – that kind of show you, you know, at least in terms of historical stats that say that this is probably not a game that the bears are going to win. And I think, you know, the other thing to kind of look at here and, you know, again, not trying to be negative, but again, this, this, there's a lot of negative trends here. And the other one is Matt Nagy's own three coming out of bye weeks. And if you want to flash back to 2018, that nightmare of a Miami dolphins game, I'm, I'm sure you remember that one where, you know, they, they go into Miami, it's hot as hell. You know, it was like a week, it was like a week five by, they come out week six, it's hot as hell in Miami. 
you know, they look bad. They play Brock Osweiler. That was a last minute thing because Tannehill was supposed to start and he didn't. And then, you know, Osweiler comes in and, you know, everybody's thinking, oh yeah, the Bears should win this game pretty easily. And they had the lead for the majority of the game. And then it got towards the end of the game. The heat finally got to them. There was those two big plays by Albert Wilson. And then they ended up losing and in overtime. And, you know, that was 2018. And then 2019, they get, you know, they get handled. And I mean, handled by the the New Orleans Saints, the game looked a lot closer than it was. But that was also the game that basically the only reason that the game even looked close is Cordero Patterson took one back, he took it was like 102 yards, and he took back for a kick return touchdown. And then last year, which I'm sure a lot of people remember was that game coming out of the bye week against the Green Bay Packers in the midst of that six game losing streak, which they also got boat raced on national television. So <laughs> the, the, the track record is not good for the Bears coming out of the bye in the Matt Nagy era, on top of the track record for all the other things, you know, that we just kind of mentioned there. So can the Bears win the game? Well, obviously they can win the game. I mean, as we've seen on a week to week standpoint, uh, there are a lot of weird results happening. So I'm not going to say the Bears can't win the game, but I would say that there's a pretty good chance that the Bears are not going to win. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, in these past couple of weeks, we've seen a bunch of upsets, including the Ravens get taken down by the Dolphins, but looking at the Dolphins did they, they blitzed, they made sure Lamar wasn't going to escape the pocket. They gave him as little time to throw as possible and the bears can do that, but they just, it's a lot harder without Cleo Mack. And it's a lot harder without Akeem Hicks because you have to get pressure off the edge. We saw in the game against the Steelers, there was a third down and goal where Ben Roethlisberger had about seven seconds to throw the ball. And he found his receiver for a touchdown. You give Lamar Jackson three, four or five seconds he's going to beat you. And if not, he's going to take off with his feet and beat you to the outside. If you have Cleo Mack, it's easier to do that. I'm not saying the Bears can completely shut them down, but it is easier for you to contain someone like Lamar Jackson. This one for me, man, it's going to be the front seven and it's going to be containing Lamar Jackson. Can they do that? And, and I honestly, I don't think they can in this one. Um, and it, it might not matter how many, how many points or how good the offense looks for the Bears. If you don't slow down Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense, you're going to have a hard time winning the game. Now, like you said, it's, it's, there's been upsets. It's been kind of a wonky past two weeks here in the NFL. I just don't know if the bears are going to be able to do that. And honestly, you know, even if they do lose, as long as the offense looks good, that's the single most important thing right now. If Justin Fields can come out, play a really good game, lead it, you know, multiple scoring drives to touchdowns. I'd feel a lot better about this team moving forward than I have pretty much all season long. Well, I think that's kind of, I think we're kind of, you know, on the same page when it comes to the rest of the season, there's eight games left. I, you know, I'd be absolutely shocked if the bears somehow made a run like they did last year and get themselves back in playoff contention. They're not as good. Their schedule is a lot harder. And honestly, the, the schedule the coming out, even if you take the teams out, the home away, home away, home away, home away, all season long, literally all season long. They don't have one road stand. They don't have one home stand the entire season 
I mean, there's just a lot of things that we're working against them this entire time. I just don't think that this is the same team as it was last year. And I think the other thing to kind of keep in mind is while I am obviously still very high on Justin Fields, I don't think that, you know, we can just say, yeah, he's had two good games in a row. He's hitting his stride. This is who he's going to be. And the ascension is just going to continue to happen. I, you know, if, if you look at a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, I mean, even Mac Jones has had some bad moments here or there, but look at Trevor Lawrence a few weeks ago, everybody thought Trevor Lawrence had it figured out. He string together two or three good games in a row. Well, his last two or three games have not been very good at all. I mean, he hasn't looked good at all. So I, it's just, it's just something that happens. I mean, rookie quarterbacks are a roller coaster for a reason. The Justin Herbert situation doesn't happen very often. You know, the Mac Jones stuff, which is going on right now because of the good situation that he's in and because of how mistake free he's been for the most part, that doesn't happen very often. So, you know, I do think if you look at the, in terms of the defenses that Justin Fields has faced, I mean, really the, the Steelers have been the best defense that he's played. I mean, the, the Ravens have some good talent on the defensive side of the ball. They have a very good defensive coordinator, but at the same time, you know, this should be, you know, this should be a defense that Justin Fields should be able to continue. But again, he's a rookie and things are going to happen. So I just think that there's so much, unknown about this bears team right now and the fact is is you know unless their defense finds a way to figure it out and they start playing like they did after week one um you know before the packers game when things just started really falling apart unless they get back to that type of form which seems very unlikely until they start getting some of these guys back healthy uh i just don't see it's gonna be really hard outside of lions game next week it's gonna be really hard to pick them to win very many games this year confidently because there's just so much unknown about them. I mean, this is their first good offensive performance. I think a lot of people forget that. I mean, or I guess you can consider it the second if you want to consider the Lions game. But, I mean, they still haven't scored over 30 points in a game. And the fact is, is they're giving up. They're averaging more than 30 points a game over the last, you know, three games. So it's just one of those situations where until we see the defense get back on track, if they do, which I have my doubts about that, it's kind of hard to look at any of these games outside of maybe the Lions game and say, yeah, they have a really good chance in this one. Yeah, you know, I'm with you, man. It's, it's, it's going to be another one of those funky weeks, too, because they have to uh, turn around and go to Detroit to play on Thanksgiving. So we'll, we'll know a lot more about this team pretty much in the next two weeks because these are two games that could really decide the season. They win both of them. They're right back in it. They lose both or, or split, I think, you're kind of in a spot where you're, you're out of it still and, and, and it's time to look towards the future and, and for the better of the franchise. So um, to kind of wrap things up, man, let's kind of give our predictions. Um, I can't remember who went first last time. I'll go ahead. I'll go first if you don't mind. Um, and I'll take the Ravens to beat the Bears. I'm going to say it's going to be Baltimore 27, Chicago 20. Um, I, I think Fields throws for like two touchdown passes. They get a couple field goals in there, but just in the end, Lamar comes down, leads them to a game-winning drive, um, and and the Bears fall to to three and seven. I think the X factor, you know, truly I do believe it is slowing down Lamar Jackson, but to kind of go with another X factor, I'm just going to go with Justin Fields and his progress in this offense. We kind of saw him establish that connection with with, uh, Allen Robinson a little more in the last game. And I kind of want to see that grow a little more in this one as well. We know what Darnell Mooney can do, get Allen Robinson involved, try to get Marquise Goodwin, Demir Bird involved if you can, but getting that connection with Robinson and then also, 
you know, playing well and continuing that hot play from the second half of the Steelers game into this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a pretty similar boat to you. I'll take uh, 30 to 24, the Ravens. Uh, I think the Bears are going to be able to do a little bit more offensively. I, I think really what it's going to come down to is, you know, how many times they're, you know, how many touchdowns can they score? And again, I mean, defensively, that's the bigger question right now for me because it doesn't really matter how well the offense plays. If their defense continues to average giving up over 30 points a game, they're not going to win many games, if any. So with that being said, my X factor is going to be on the defense side of the ball. I'm going to go ahead and go with the pass rush because I think, you know, I don't know if I'd say it's a blueprint because I think eventually the, the Ravens would be able to figure it out. Um, but I also don't think that the bears really have the personnel to go zero coverage and just blitz the hell out of Lamar Jackson. You know, it was what it was like 31 times that they basically did the same exact thing. The bears don't have the secondary Miami does. I mean, that's just really all there is to it. Miami has a talented secondary. The bears don't have that, especially without Eddie Jackson in there. So, you know, I don't know that that's exactly the blueprint that they're going to want to go, but I do think that the key to this game is going to be not only getting pressure on Lamar Jackson, but also containing him in the pocket. Because if you look at that game, you know, even for as rough of a game as Lamar Jackson had, he was still their leading passer and their leading rusher. I mean, he still had almost 300 total yards of offense and they only scored 10 points. And that's kind of the thing where you kind of look at this and you say, okay, uh, you know, how do you, how do you keep Baltimore out of the end zone? And that's really, that's really the case right there. I mean, you have to be able to, you know, contain Lamar Jackson. I mean, at one point earlier in the year, he was a top five leading rusher in the league on top of being, you know, really uh, dynamic as a passer as well. And it just, from a standpoint of looking at it and saying, you know, you look at the bears front seven, especially, and you, you know, you look at, you know, Roquan Smith is their fastest guy from sideline to sideline. After that, who do they have? Daniel Gervathan is just a complete shell of himself. Uh, we'll have to see if Alec Ogletree is back. Um, they just don't have a lot of options right now. And especially, you know, depending on what happens with Dion Bush, I mean, they don't have a lot of safety depth either because, this, you know, it seems like a decent chance that Eddie Jackson doesn't play again. So, I think really, again, it's going to come down to that front seven and containing Lamar Jackson, both as a runner and getting to him, you know, and, and trying to force turnovers. That's one thing, you know, during this bad stretch that the Bears have had defensively, they haven't forced turnovers. I mean, you look at that special teams turnover that they took in for a touchdown and that's well and fine. But in terms of actual defensive turnovers and defensive plays made, they haven't had a lot of that over the last few weeks. And that's been a big Achilles heel for them. They've also turned the ball over too. You know, they, they had a, a special teams turnover of their, of their own as well. But good stuff, Aaron. Uh, and where can everyone follow you on Twitter at and uh, read your work? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. And as always, you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Please rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Until next week, everyone, please stay safe. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.